Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. This is episode 111 with my guest, Vera Schmitz. Vera is a wife, a mom, sister, and friend, and entrepreneur of Dwell Differently. Vera and her husband, Matt, live in St. Louis, Missouri with their son. After competing for five years in professional athletics, Vera felt a stirring to share the hope of Jesus in a practical way. Her unique background in high-level sports has taught her the importance of having a sound mind, one that does not dwell in the negative. She believes it's possible and actually vital to dwell differently. I invited Vera to come on the podcast to share her story, and let me tell you, it was an excellent conversation. We had the best time. We went deep. I was moved to tears at one point. We laughed. We talked about favorite snacks that she enjoys. But y'all, always focused on the Lord and how He can transform your mind when you dwell on the things of God, especially Scripture. Part of Vera's story is that she was training and dreaming of being on the Olympic track and field team in 2016. Years before, she had nurtured a habit of writing scripture on her arm with a Sharpie marker. Vera's friend encouraged her to write the first letter of every word in the Bible verse to help her memorize it. Who knew that years later, Vera and her sister Natalie would form the company called Dwell Differently, all about memorizing scripture using the first letter of every word in a Bible verse. We talk about so much on this episode, but I can guarantee you this. This is the first friend that I have had on the podcast who has gone to the Olympic trials. I was encouraged hearing Vera's story, and I hope that you are encouraged as well. Okay, let's get to it. This is my conversation with my new friend, Vera Schmitz. Well, welcome to the podcast, Vera. Thanks for having me, Ren. I'm happy to be here today. Yeah, I'm excited because we found each other over Instagram, and I followed you and uh, on your personal Instagram and then on your uh, company uh, Instagram, and I am thrilled to talk to you today. I'm just excited. I mean, okay, I have to be honest. I used to be the person who would listen to podcasts and be like, this is my Instagram friend, and I'm like, how is that even possible? Right. Like, how are you real friends on Instagram? But now that I've been uh, doing Dwell for a few years, I'm like, I have friends on Instagram. Yes. Friends. And so I'm so excited to see you in the flesh. Well, and and that's all over a podcast. (laughs) Well, and and I'm the same thing. And I would be driving, before I started the podcast, I would be driving and listening to podcasters and be like, yeah, and tell my friend later, yeah, my friend. And I'm talking about a podcaster, like Mm -hmm. they're not my friend, but like, I feel like they are. Mm -hmm. So I'm totally with you. I'm so excited that we've made a connection and all the connections we've made online. It's crazy. It's awesome. It's It's really great. It really is. Okay. So if someone doesn't know Vera, Um, tell my listeners who you are, what area of the country you live in and a little bit about your family and kind of your day to day. 
Sure. So my name's Vera Schmidt. I am married to my husband, Matt, and we have a little boy, Isaiah, who is two, going to be three in March. So he's a little past two, but I'm going to hold on to two until he's two and 364 days, you know, because yeah. um, I don't want him to grow up anymore. And um, we live in St. Louis. We moved here about a year and a half ago from Indiana, um, Bloomington, Indiana which is where I met my husband um, at Indiana University. And so, yeah, we, um, what does my day-to-day look like? I am a working mom for my company Dwell, um, but also have the luxury of um, getting to stay home with my little buddy boy. So it's a pretty special uh, time for me right now to be able to both pursue my passion um, and I think my calling and also get to be um, at home with my, my little man. Mm, that's neat. Cause I, I love that. And I, I think back a few years ago, I didn't think that I could do both. I didn't mm-hmm. think that there was a capability, but then I started the podcast when my son was two and I did it two days a week and at night. Mm-hmm. And then as he grew and went to school more often, I could, do more, um, of it, but I I love that like today he's at his aunt's house, your sister. Yes. And he's there so that you can get some work done, but I Mm -hmm. love that we can do both and it's a neat thing to do both. It is. It is. It, It takes a lot of ramping up. Um, I think that the, the first year was particularly hard. Um, probably the first year and a half, um, just it, you start anything new and, um, you think, Oh, it's going to be simple. And then you get into it and you're like, Oh my goodness. Like this is mm. more than I, uh, expected to bite off. But, um, if you just stick with it, if it's what you're called to do, you get your feet underneath you and you start to run and not feel so, um, so weighted down by all of, all of it. So mm-hmm. it's been, it's been great this last probably six months of just really getting into a rhythm, I would say. Mm, that's awesome. Okay. And so let's talk about you and your sister, Natalie. Are y'all twins? We are not. And okay. I she didn't love that you said that because she's 10 years older than me. Okay. So girlfriend looks, she's, I'm always like, man, if I look like you in 10 years. So there's actually three sisters. We're five, there's five kids. Okay. Um, and so our other sister, Rebecca, um, she also looks exactly like us. Okay. So Yes. I wanted to know because I wasn't sure. Yes. So Natalie is my, um, my business partner, one of my best friends. And again, I just feel blessed to get to do something I love with somebody I love. So Mm, that's neat. I like that. Okay. So I want to ask you a little bit, let's go back a little bit. When did you start loving to run? When did you start really getting that itch? Has it always been there? That's interesting. So I think I always liked it. So I grew up as a gymnast. And so I was always in a sport where it was like an individual sport. I never played basketball or soccer or anything like that. And so I liked that um, track was an individual sport. Mm. But I loved that unlike gymnastics, gymnastics, you're being scored by a judge. So there is, you know, some wiggle room as to whether or not they thought it was a great performance or not. But with track, you either run what you run or you don't. You either clear a bar in the pole or you don't. And so I love that it was cut and dry. There was no negotiating or like anybody's opinion coming in um, on your performance. And so 
Um, from the get-go, I think, so my hometown has this meet called the Little Olympics, and it's elementary schools. All the elementary schools in the town, they do this track meet. And, um, I think it was in fourth grade and I like, even as a younger kid was like, Oh, I can't wait to run in the little Olympics. And so, um, from the time I was really little, I, I wanted to run track. And so from fourth grade was my first track meet. And then it wasn't until middle school that I started pole vaulting. But, um, as soon as I had the opportunity, it was, I was both feet in on it. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's something that happened as you were, um, before that, moment when you are looking toward the Olympics and we're going to get there. But before that, something in your life where you uh, started nurturing this great, awesome habit that was going to help you. So tell me a little bit about that, how you stumbled upon this idea that you had. For Dwell, you mean? Well, and for writing. Yes, for writing scripture on my arm. So I started, um, really being competitive and pole vaulting in high school. And my sister, my other sister, Rebecca was a world champion in Taekwondo, super athletic. Like she could literally kick my butt. Um, and she, I remember going into the state meet my freshman year. She gave me this tiny little piece of paper that she had taken to the world championships with, um, a verse on it. And it was, uh, the verse about, with man, it is impossible with God, all things are possible. And I remember taking that and I kept it in my track bag all through high school. And I would memorize verses in high school. Um, and that was kind of a catalyst of like, this is how you compete. You, you compete with God on your side and you compete, um, with his mission at the forefront. And so, um, in college I used, is when I really started to write scripture on my wrist. I would write it in Sharpie marker and memorize it with my teammates. And I used to always say, um, I felt closest to God when I was competing. And I think it was because I always had his word at the forefront of my mind. I really felt like I was going into battle. Um, and it wasn't until after college. So, uh, I continued my career and trained to make the 2012 and 2016 Olympics. Um, I did not make either team, but I made both Olympic trials. And it was during that time that my sister-in-law was like, hey, I came across this system. You should, because I would write it on my wrist and it would be like a sleeve, like a tattoo sleeve of this long verse on my wrist. And she's like, you should do the first letter of every word instead of all, all the whole scripture. That way, when you see it, you're really forcing yourself to recall what each letter represents and you can memorize it better than just like reading it. And I was like, um, that is brilliant. And so I would write the first letter of every word on my wrist, um, in Sharpie for every competition and every practice. And I just started stockpiling verses in my head and in my heart to focus on when, um, competition got tough or I went through injury and surgery and I just made those verses, um, kind of my mantra when going through, um, any of what you experience when you're competing. Hmm. So tell me what, which verses do you remember memorizing back at that time that when you first started Hmm. doing this, do you remember the ones that really stuck out that were just just life to you. Yeah. So the first one that comes to mind, I can like, I, when you ask that, I can feel myself and I can see myself in Indiana university on the track 
in the indoor facility and I was going for a school record and I can hear myself repeating whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for man. Um, I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> I am a perfectionist. Um, and so that verse um, really rooted me in like, hey, this is not for your coaches. This is not for your teammates. This is not even for your own glory. This is, I'm working at it with all my heart for the Lord, not for man. Um, and so that was a, a major verse for me um, when I was in college. And then in, um, <clears throat> in post-collegiate, training, I really focused, especially in the Olympic year in 2016, I had a really tough season. And the verse that um, I had memorized that really came back a lot to me was, um, in its time, I will do this swiftly. And it's this verse in Isaiah where um, God's promising all of these things. And he says at the end of it, hey, in its time, I'll do this swiftly. And I was chasing um, the standard in, in track and field, you have to jump a certain height in order to make um, make it into the Olympic trials. And I was not, I hadn't jumped that height yet. And I was chasing this mark and chasing this mark and time was running out. And I just kept a hold of that verse like, and it's time I will do this swiftly. And I actually ended up qualifying for the Olympic trials on the very last day to qualify. Wow. And so it was just like, wow, like this, um, I just always felt very connected to God's word when I was training and seeing his um, goodness unfold through his word to me. Um, it, it just was a catalyst for my faith and um, for everything I do now. Absolutely. Well, and take, take me back a little bit because I, how do you even go like to even get to qualify to go yeah. to the trials. Like, I mean, you've been doing this since college. Mm -hmm. What, what does that look like right after college? Cause I, I have no idea. I just watched it on TV and I'm like, yes, I love yes. it. But how in the world do you get from point A to point B? That's oh, you know, it's, it's a little bit different in the Olympic sports. So, you know, in basketball and in football and in baseball, like the major sports, um, you know, you sign a contract with a major league team and you have endorsements and all that. Well, in track and field or swimming or gymnastics, those types of um, opportunities just don't really exist. It's more, it's why I love track and field and, and the Olympic uh, events is because the people who are out there, they are not doing it for money. Very, very few athletes who you see um, in track and field, for instance, are actually um, making any money. They are making ends meet. Most of them have a job. Um, I worked while I was training for the 2016 um, Olympics. And so it's really just this gritty, um, passionate group of people who really feel like they can, they have an opportunity of a lifetime. And so, um, following college, you know, we, we made this decision, my husband and I to keep training because it was kind of like, if not, if not now, then yeah. this will never happen. And I will regret not giving myself the opportunity. Definitely. Um, and so to make it to the Olympic trials, um, basically you have a year to jump the standard. Um, and then you get into the Olympic trials and then you have to be top three at the Olympic trials to make the Olympic team. Wow. So that's kind of how it works. And, and uh, the unique thing about the United States, as you can imagine, it's the most competitive country in the world for mm. basically every sport. 
And so um, that standard I needed to jump, it, it's called the Olympic standard. And in most other countries, not all, but most other countries, if you jump that standard, you might be the only person in your entire country that can jump that high. Wow. Um, but, but in the United States, there were 26 of us that jumped the standard that year. I think it was 26. Wow. Um, and so it's just, it just shows you um, just how competitive it is, um, which it's, it's a privilege to even say that I got the opportunity to try out. I'm just thankful for that. That's awesome. Okay. So that's 2016. You don't make the Olympics. How do you deal with that disappointment? I mean, I can only imagine. Um, you know, it, it is, it's hard to even describe. So coming at, out of the Olympic trials. Um, it was such a battle to even get there that year. I I just had a really poor season. So getting to the trials was, um, a privilege in and of itself. And, um, I really felt like God gave me exactly what I needed that year and allowing me to fight through and then to see, um, his goodness and allowing me to compete there. And so, after the Olympic trials immediately, I was like, this is everything I could have ever wanted. Like Mm -hmm. I, even though I didn't get a spot on the Olympic team, like I feel like this was just an incredible opportunity, but then time kind of goes on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a couple of weeks later, you're watching the Olympic games on Mm -hmm. your couch. And I had, um, the drama of that whole time was so intense. So I didn't mention this before, but I jumped the standard and then the very next jump, Um, we put the bar up a little bit higher because that's what you do in pole vaulting. You raise the bar up after you clear a height. And I went down and on the very next jump, I blew my ankle up. Oh, so I had my, I mean, my ankle, I couldn't even walk on it. I went to the Olympic trials on crutches. And so the fact that I even got to compete that day, Mm -hmm. I took, you know, maybe three jumps. I cleared one height at the Olympic trials, but I really didn't have a shot of doing more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're at home, you're sitting on the couch, you're on crutches. Um, one of my very best friends and training partners, she made the Olympic team. So I'm watching my best friend at the Olympics. Yeah. Um, it was m- way more than I thought. Like I thought I was prepared for that. And it was, it was difficult um, just because you train your entire life for this one goal and now it's not happening. Um, and so that year after the Olympic trials was tough because I didn't plan for anything after the Olympic trials. You plan to make the Olympic team and you have no plan B because you can't think that way. You have to be all in. Right. And so that year after the um, trials was pretty dark for me. Um, but it and this is how it oftentimes is out of our darkest and most difficult seasons, God is using it and he is um, bringing something new about. And it was during that time in that dark season, I I was memorizing scripture more than I'd ever memorized Mm -hmm. scripture because I was waking up having anxiety about like, what do I do next? Who am I? Um, Even though I knew I was, you know, a Christian. I knew I was a daughter of Christ. I knew I was all these things. Like I was still waking up like, what the heck am I going to do with my life now? And I was just in God's word and it is what brought me out of my pit. And it was during that time I was writing so much scripture on my wrist that I was like, I should make this into a tattoo. And then it dawned on me. I was like, maybe I should 
maybe other people would want this. Mm. And it was like this idea for dwell just spiraled into Mm. this kit, this system um, to help people memorize and meditate on God's word. Mm. And I'm just so thankful. It's like if I had made the Olympic team, maybe I would have gotten to this point, but maybe not. Like maybe this idea wouldn't be as, I wouldn't be as passionate about the need for scripture memorization if I hadn't walked through that dark period. Um, And so I'm just now more than ever um, as I, you know, raise my children and um, embark on new things. I know like scripture memory and having God's word written in my mind and my heart is what it's all about, you know? Mm, That's so good. We're going to jump right back into my conversation with Vera. But before we do, I want to thank the podcast sponsor for today's episode, which is my Monday Boost episode. Have you caught any of them yet? The Monday Boost episodes are for anyone wanting to go deeper in their spiritual walk and receive that boost of encouragement on Mondays. I usually share a story, a scripture that God is giving me, and also end in prayer to give you that boost of encouragement for your Monday. This does not take the place of my Friday interviews with my friends. So if you're already subscribed to the Friends of a Feather podcast, the Monday Boost episodes will drop right into that podcast app. If you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and take a minute and click that blue subscribe button on your app and you'll be set to receive both episodes each week. Okay, back to the show. I do want to read a quote of yours. Um, when I started following you, I, of course, of course, did a deep dive on your Instagram, as we all do. Right? <laughs> and I just loved, I just loved it. I just loved reading a little bit about your story. And some of this you're sharing, I did not know. So it's so good to hear it. Um, but you said after you did not make the Olympic team, you said the true goal wasn't being in the Olympics for its own sake. The true lesson was in this amazing life skill I had picked up up along the way. Mm -hmm. That's huge. It's everything. And it was after that year of, or or after the Olympics is when you were in that dark time where you just Mm -hmm. continue to saturate your mind and your Mm -hmm. heart with scripture. Mm -hmm. It's huge. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I've also heard about, you know, they say the battle is lost or won in the mind and mm-hmm. you have five seconds to deal with a thought before the thought deals with you. Mm-hmm. And what an incredible way that you, that God sparked that in your mind to say, Hey, you've been doing this all along. Hey, let's do this. Maybe other people can benefit from this. What was it like when that light bulb went off for you? Like that just excites me. Oh man. It's just, I can't even tell you how important what you just said is that um, our thoughts dictate everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, they dictate so much of how we see the world, how we interact with the world, how we see ourselves, um, our perspective on things. And to saturate our minds with scripture gives us an opportunity to truly become who God wants us to be, to see ourselves the way God sees us, to interact with people the way he wants us to interact with them. And I literally don't know what I would have done if I would have, if my mind would have spiraled, continued to spiral that year the way it it wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I was, I mean, borderline depressed probably. Um, 
I just can't imagine still carrying that anxiety with me and, um, and it all happened in my head. And so when I realized how valuable scripture memorization was for me, um, it was like, I was telling everybody. I had a friend who was going through anxiety. I was like, la, 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 this is what you need to do. Yes. I want you to write these words on your wrist. I want you to record your. So what I would do is I would record myself reading verses that were speaking to me and I would just put my earbuds in and I would go to the grocery store and listen to those verses on repeat. I would write down verses and put my name into them. And I'd read that paper every single morning. I mean, I was like diving in, like all I wanted was God's word. It was all I wanted. It was my food. And so I just started giving it away. I kept telling people like, no, 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 this is, this is going to be life for you. Mm -hmm. Um, and when the idea for dwell really started to come to fruition, I was like, I just, it was like, this is everything. And I am so eager to just give it to the next person because if it can help one person, all it takes is one word of God. All it takes is one verse. And that's why we only do one verse a month. Yeah. All it it takes is one verse to, it's so full. It is so rich that if we just meditate on that one thing, it can launch such clarity in our thought life. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it, it, it was exciting. And especially when I started to share it with other people to say, Hey, what do you think about this? And they were like, yes. I was like, yes. Okay. This is awesome. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that's how I feel about it. And I, when I did the deep dive on your Instagram, I found in your highlights of your Insta stories where you had some that we could screenshot and put them in our phone. And so I did. So on the home screen, I have the verse written out that y'all have. I mean, it's the screenshot of what y'all have. And then on the, I guess the lock screen is the letters. And mm-hmm. so I feel like I need to tell you the verse that I memorized. Yes. <laughs> I'm so proud yes. of it. I'm just like, yes. So it's the one that says, um, be of, I'm going to get my phone out. Hang on. I'm get it, girl. Phone. I think I know it, but I want to make sure I'm, I'm kind of on the, uh, I'm on the spot. So I want to make sure I do it right. So I'm just looking at this. Okay. Yep. 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 Okay. The one with the heart. Okay. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. First Corinthians 16, 13 and 14. And girl, let me tell you when we're driving, you know, now in Tennessee, you can't, I mean, I think it's everywhere where you can't touch your phone, which is great. It's so Mm -hmm. good. But I have a mount at the front. And so my son, who's six, will be in the back. And I'll say, okay, let's go over mom. We'll go over his verse for church and school. And then we'll do mine. I'm like, let's go over mommy's verse now. And so I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll push it. And then he'll see. And I was like, see, look, it's every word for each one. I mean, and it's so cool because we can model this for our kids. That's the cool thing. And he's keeping me accountable. Like, are you memorizing it? And so then I did it today on the way to school. I was like, Okay, stand firm in the faith. Stand, stay, be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be strong. Be courageous. Do everything in love. And it's it's so good because it works. And it's mm-hmm. so good because that's God's word in our heart, in our mind. Mm-hmm. And that's why you did this. So I love that you did this. I love your story behind all this. I did want to ask this. Mm-hmm. So when you did say that you came out and you didn't make the Olympic team and you were in a dark time, and you're watching the Olympics on the TV and you're watching your best friend go compete and do the things that you have been working toward and, and desiring. Most women that listen to this are probably not, weren't in the Olympic trials. I'll go as far to say that, but 
there are women that have desire to be moms for years mm -hmm. and they see their best friends go on. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start crying and be, and, to, and they're doing what they desire to do. They, mm -hmm. th what they've been made to do. They feel, um, there are other women that are single that desire to be married, you know? Mm -hmm. And so tell me, what would you say, say to those women that are, um, feel like someone is maybe going on ahead of them and they're working for this so long, what would you tell them today? Mm, there's this Tim Keller quote that I think of often, and it's, um, it says something along the lines, if we knew everything that God knew, we would ask for what he's giving us. Mm. And that's a super hard thing. Yeah. Um, my, my son is adopted. Um, and my husband and I have been on, you know, a journey to um, having biological kids too. So let me back up just a, a smidge. So um, after the Olympic trials, we did, were ready to start having a family and we always had a heart for adoption. And so when, when I was done, we started trying to get pregnant and we also started trying to adopt and we were like, whatever God wants, however he wants to build our family, whichever, which way we'll take it. Right. And so we adopted um, first, which was, awesome. And I'm so grateful for, um, just that whole story, um, which is a whole other thing, but, um, you know, it's been three years now and we have watched multiple friends and, um, family members become pregnant and some of them twice in the time that we've been trying to also have biological kids. Um, and so I'm, I'm there with those women that you're talking about. Um, but here's the thing. I trust God more than I want my own desire. I trust that he knows everything. And if I could see everything, if I could zoom out and see my life that he planned out from the beginning of time, I would choose what he's given to me mm. over my desire. Mm. And so um, I just try to, I, through the adoption of my, um, of our son, God was so good. He was so big. He was so trustworthy. He was so faithful. And after, um, that experience and also after the Olympic trials, like watching God walk with me through these times as I mature and I grow, I just want to trust him. I just want to follow him. I just want what he wants because I know it's greater than wallowing in what I thought I wanted. Hmm. And that doesn't mean to not mourn. That doesn't mean to not grieve. But there's a difference, I think, for me between times when I have had, um, when I've wallowed and I've let that pain or jealousy, let's say, with the Olympic trials, like I've let that be the, um, the umbrella under which I'm living my life, as opposed to letting the umbrella I live under be trusting in God and his faithfulness, and then also experiencing grief. So I, I guess that's what I would say, like, just know that this God that we follow, he knows it all. And if we knew it all too, we would choose what he has given us. Hmm. That's good. That's good right there. I mean, just put a bow on that, wrap the episode <laughs> up. With that. I, love it. I love it. Well, and I've seen, we've seen that 
you know, you've walked this and that's when you put that scripture and you just mm, put mm-hmm. the word of God and just put it in, put it yeah. in your mind. And so, yeah. so good. Okay. We're out of time. I'm yeah. so sad, but I want to know what are you eating, reading, and loving? This is my eat, read, love segment that okay, I eating, love. reading, and loving. I am eating. Um, there is this, uh, spice at Trader Joe's mm. called everything but the bagel. I you think I've heard that, of that. Yeah. You put that on anything. You're basically eating an everything bagel. Oh. So I put it on my eggs. I put it on my avocado. You make some avocado toast. You put that on top. It's next level stuff right there. Okay. Okay. I'll get it next time. Change your life. I never know what to get at just, Trader Joe's. Just go ahead and buy two because you're going to okay. go through the first one so fast. You're going to be like, why didn't I just buy two? Just buy two. Okay. I love it. Eat, read. What am I reading? Mm. I am reading um, The Chronicles of Narnia right now, mm. yeah. which is just so good. I'm in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe right now. Mm-hmm. So that's really fun because we're embarking on the Christmas season. And so yes. I just love, um, I love those stories. Um, and then what am I, what's the third thing? What are you loving? Something you're loving. Mm. Um, this is a good question. What am I loving right now? Wow. Um, plants. I have gotten in the last year and I heard this somewhere that it's the year of the house plant and I'm fully on board with that. Um, but in the last year I have probably gotten 15 or 20 plants. I'm turning into that plant lady. (laughs) And like, I'm looking at this one on my desk right now and it's, it makes me so happy to have plants in my house. My mom always had plants and she'd always, you know, she'd make me actually um, rub the leaves with milk because it makes them shiny. Um, and so anyway, I'm turning into my mother and I'm turning into my mother. That's awesome. I love (laughs) it. That's great. I hear that that's a good thing with the plants. I usually kill them, but I have a a fig that's, that's alive. It's like, yay. But yes. I'm gonna rub them with milk. And they Do say it. also when you have people over at your house, like a way of hospitality, I was listening to the Lazy Genius podcast and it was like, have fresh, some kind of plant. That was one of them. I was like, I would have never thought that. Yes. I love, I just love it. I buy myself flowers also at Trader Joe's. That's my yes. other thing I'm loving is I, I've always done it. Even when I had no money in college, I'd buy myself like the $2 flowers at Aldi. Yeah. Um, so like, just do it. Treat yourself $2. Get yes. the d- discounted ones that are, you know, whatever. It's worth it. It's worth it. I love <laughs> it. Okay. So much more to ask uh, uh, you, but um, tell me a little bit, this is the last thing and then we got to go, but tell me what's next for Dwell Differently. It is an incredible, incredible ministry and company that you uh, are co-owning with your sister. And I love your theme. It's, you say, get God's word in your heart and your mind to see it, recall it, and repeat it. Mm-hmm. So tell me what's next for Dwell Differently and where can people find you? Yeah, what's next? I think, um, you know, we're getting ready for 2020 and people always want the ones we've already done previously. Yeah. Um, and so what's next is like, I just want people to jump on. If you're going to jump on, do it in December so you get January okay. because it's so fun to get the whole year. Yes, okay. um, and you know, people love that. It's like getting a new planner. It's like, oh, I want yes. to get in, in January. They'll be like, oh, I wish I would have started sooner. Yeah. Um, so I'm super excited about our verse selection for okay. 2020. Um, so that's kind of what we've been working on. And um, yeah, we're going to be doing more conferences and events this year that I'm super excited about. 
And then um, they can find us at dwelldifferently.com or on Instagram or Facebook and it's at dwelldifferently. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for giving me your time, Vera. This was Oh, this amazing. was so fun. So fun. All right. What a great conversation that Vera and I had together. I loved hearing the backstory of her company and of the Olympic trials and walking through that and what led her to be memorizing scripture in such a unique and meaningful and intentional way. If the Friends of a Feather podcast has brought you encouragement and been helpful to you, I hope you'll leave a review. Val Warner left a review recently that said, Always energized. Listening to Wren is like listening to a friend. She's gracious and enthusiastic, and everything I listen to her podcast, I'm left feeling uplifted and energized. Thank you so much, Val. That means a lot. Podcast reviews are so very important so that other women can be encouraged as they listen. Thank y'all in advance for taking a couple minutes to post a podcast review. Before we wrap up this episode, I want to leave you with a few words that Vera said in our episode today. She said, To saturate our minds with scripture gives us an opportunity to truly become who God wants us to be and to see ourselves the way God sees us and to interact with people the way He wants us to interact with them. Amen. Feel free to share this episode with a friend who would be encouraged by hearing it. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. And remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.